there will be very few of your competitors, if any, that are actually genuinely making a go of social media. They'll all be posting, they'll all be doing something on there, but ask what the result of that is, and it's vanity over sanity. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today we're talking about the TikTokification of social media. Mr. Ryan, how are you? Awesome, outstanding. Yeah. Two episodes to record today. Three. Three, fucking hell. Okay, what are we start with? TikTokification, that's hard to say. Yeah. What's say that about then? TikTokification. <laughs> that's like saying Ken Dodds. Dad's dog died. died. Did he? No, Doddy. (laughs) Right, we set the 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 bar low. There's only only one way to go now. Sure, in our age, I think. TikTok. What's all that about then? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but obviously, uh, reels and stories are massive now across Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn tested it, Twitter tested it, and. uh, Basically, yeah, it's the TikTokification of social media. So uh, people's attention spans are getting shorter. The way to grab attention is getting more ridiculous. And ultimately, if you can't say what you need to say quickly, there's not much point saying it, no. So the end of Western civilization. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, I think I think it's, it's an interesting opportunity for people, um, but it makes me feel old. Makes me feel worried. But then there's nothing you do about that. Well, I, I remember distinctly you saying, I'm not going on there to watch kids do silly dances. And um, I agreed with you at the time. But I also then, in hindsight, remember us both saying, I'm not going on Instagram to look at people posting pictures of their dinner. And uh, I don't remember that. But TikTok, yeah, for sure. Um, I, so do I you do... not remember Rate My Plate when everyone used to just hold their phone over their dinner? And oh, take... I remember, yeah. And there's still people who do that. Um, but yeah, TikTok, still not a massive fan. I'll use it. And to be honest, I get more traction off the the little videos I do on TikTok than I do on any other platform. Mm. The danger for me and the danger for anyone marketing their business out there is to hop on to whatever this week's trend latest is. trend yeah, is. Yeah. To, to, I'm doing this, but no one can see me. Doing the, the inverted commas. To, um, beat the algorithm yeah and i think as a result one of the things that many business owners have lost sight of is the quality of the actual subject they're talking about so mm. they talk about something shit but that's okay because they're jumpy cuts and they've got some cool trending music on and they've used this hashtag because that's trending at the moment whereas i'd like to think who knows could be fucking wrong but content has always been king and I think it always will be. And I think some businesses have lost sight of that and they're thinking too short term, which is perhaps one of the impacts of TikTokification. Everything is short the right now and, and not even thinking about tomorrow, let alone next year. Yeah. Although when you look at uh, the influencers and the successful businesses that are really making a go of it, be it real stories, TikTok, they're all, you know, they all use the same techniques. They do have a long-term game plan. And actually, they're not just doing silly dances or cream pie in someone in the face or 
shooting someone with an airsoft gun. There's more to it. And so when you look at like, we've, we're seeing it now, like people like Logan Paul and KSI, who everyone thought was like someone who just did silly YouTube videos, he had a grand plan. And that's where these businesses are going wrong. Like you say, they're trying to hack the algorithm. They're trying to uh, do anything to get engagement, but forgetting that if it's poor quality engagement, doesn't matter. That's vanity metrics. And the ones that are doing it right are building a following, they're building an audience, they're setting the tone, they're building their brand, and then they transition. So it might not be TikTok where they make their money, or it might not be stories where they make their money, but those 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 1 million followers, the day they say, join my Telegram for $5 a month, or uh, sign up for, you know, something as extreme as sign up for my OnlyFans to see me take my kit off, they've suddenly got an invested audience, and that's where it transforms. The thing you're saying is that there's that many businesses out there, accountants, solicitors, marketing agencies, plumbers, who think, oh, I'll do a funny video, get 100 likes, and I've cracked it. Yeah, and also, I think the people you're talking about, I'd still say the majority of business owners, unless they're small to medium-sized business owners, still don't see the amount of work that goes in because they make it look so effortless and easy. You think, oh, all I have to do is get my tits out and say something and say something controversial I know, and, and talk about Andrew Tate. Oh, that's how to do it. And, you know, it's like years ago when my daughters had this thing about making money by doing YouTube videos. And I fully supported them on it, but I made it clear that the people they follow on YouTube and wants to emulate, it wasn't as easy as they made it look. 12 hours a day. Yeah. And my, yeah, yeah. my girls, they gave up within a month. And I said, see, that's why the Dobre brothers are driving Lamborghinis when they're releasing their two videos a week because they release two videos a week, every single week without fail, and a lot of work goes into them. And, you know, people talk about, um, is, it, is it Teddy Roosevelt said that the comparison is a thief of joy? And I still think, you know, one, people do compare themselves to their peers and their competitors on social media. But also, when they are comparing themselves, it's not like for like, because again, they, they just don't realise there's a lot of a lot of hard work, and that's that's why I do get a little bit angry, I suppose. And you know, people like Molly May, um, is it Hague, um, come under fire when they get like made creative director of Pretty Little Thing or whatever, because they just think it's, it's some Instagram photos. Yeah, some woman yeah, got yeah. tits out on Love Island, nothing to her. Whereas, uh, well, I bet you anything, I bet she works more hours a week than ninety nine percent of the population. And there was a five year strategy to achieve what she's done. Yeah, good honour, I say. Yeah, she made the plan to get to where she is. And she went to the gym every day. She had a camera follower around most of her life, even in her most private moments. Like, the, the severe sacrifice to achieve that. And I think if you look around as an accountant or a marketing company or a plumber or an electrician, there will be very few of your competitors, if any, that are actually genuinely making a go of social media. It, they, they'll all be posting, they'll all be doing something on there, but ask what the result of that is, and it's vanity over sanity. Got no, no strategy. I know that's a word most agencies talk about a lot, um, but with us, you know, it's, it's obviously the, the game plan, the taxes behind it, strategy on its own, just a fucking expensive piece of paper. But these people we're talking about, they have a strategy. Whereas a lot of business owners out there, oh shit, Joel, it's five to five. Quick, let's let's put a video out on TikTok. Yeah, we haven't done Christmas jumper day this year yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, fucking hell! Don't get me started about Christmas jumper day, right? 
it's like the ice bucket challenge for ALS, and then everyone else started hijacking. I, would I, say, I, I did donate to save the children. Just, just excellent. I'd say most people who talked about Christmas jumper day this year on LinkedIn didn't even mention save the children, and I'd say a lot of them didn't even know that's that's what it's for. It's just here, look here, we're being wacky in our Christmas jumpers. It's like, well, it's your opportunity to do some good to raise some awareness of save the children. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just, again, looking at the superficiality of social media that these companies, oh, shit, Christmas jumper, quick, run down to Asda, get some Christmas jumpers, and let's do a post on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. And that's their strategy. And maybe that does come back to the, the TikTokification, as you call it, the, the short-term solution that really isn't a solution that certainly isn't any kind of long-term strategy yeah i could never go deep on this oh i know i love it i love it that's why i picked on it i've actually listened to a podcast on the way in that touched on this and thought yeah this is a good topic what podcast gary vaynerchuk oh. um did you let people talk well it was just him talking so it was all good <laughs> <laughs> he loves those ones he's absolutely nailed it um but yeah no that whole thing of like tiktok has kind of been given this broad brush of a place where you go to procrastinate and watch silly videos. But actually, once you teach the algorithm what you're interested in, it will serve you really good content if you if you spend time with it. But the people who make a success of it are posting three or four times a day, every day, and they don't miss a beat. They don't if if they put out something shit, they delete it and go again. And that level of commitment, honestly, like we're in the game trying to do four 30 second to 60 second videos a day of decent quality is nearly a full-time job yeah absolutely and how would you say this impacts on the paid for works obviously tiktok is a very successful advertising platform as well so so I don't know about the, the, the massive influencers out there, what kind of budgets they have, if they indeed they're spending any on, on ads, but average Joe on the street, the average business, they might be putting out videos on TikTok or Instagram, but let's say they haven't got an ad budget or they're not willing to allocate ad budgets. How much of a point is there still? How effective can their work be without paying the platform? I think... If you're a business and it's a and it's your the face of the business that you're trying to get traction with, you just won't get any without paying. That's the reality. Yeah, as an individual, potentially you could get a bit more traction, just purely because personal brand is easier to promote than business brand, and um, people are more likely to pay attention to personal brand than they are to business brand. Um, but the reality is, whatever platform you go on, it's still pay to play. That, that even the best in the world are paying one way or another. They mm -hmm. might not be paying the ads platform, although that is a quick way to accelerate it. But if they're not paying the ads platform, they've probably got a videographer or they've got a creative team or they've got a writer. And not all of us can afford a creative team and a writer. So, yeah, creativity has become commoditized. It's it really is a thing now, an asset to a business that if you're good at it, it it can generate results. The problem is most businesses are shit at it. They think creativity is playing a prank on one of their colleagues or, um, oh. you know, oh. silly string. A part of me dies every time I see 
most marketers talk about creativity. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Ogilvy, as everyone probably knows, and you know, it ain't creative if it doesn't sell. And I'm all for thinking outside the box, and you know, well, no, not being wacky, not a fan of that. But I think a lot of people misunderstand what creativity is all about. Yeah. And they don't think about the end result. And I suppose it's, we've got a different perspective because we are business owners. Mm. And I think as business owners, you have that appreciation of the bottom line that maybe, unless you're a senior employee in the company, it's just so fucking far down. In fact, when I was employed, I probably didn't even know what the bottom line was. Yeah. And, and that's also why solopreneurs, for want of a better phrase, can take more risks with TikTok or Instagram. They've got mm-hmm. no overheads. Yeah. So they can be wacky and trial it and see if it works. But if you're running a company with 10 employees, 20 employees, 100 employees, and you decide one day, right, I'm going to dress up as a Highland cow and ride a unicycle around the car park, and then everyone thinks you're a dickhead, that could be a real problem for your business. I don't know where I came up with that example, but I'm pleased with it. <laughs> Creativity, right? That isn't it. How much of that can be taught? Or is it like some people, they're just creative from a bloody early age and other people aren't? I, I think it's the other way around. I think creativity is drummed out of people. Oh, okay. So I think, like all kids are creative, you mean? Well, most kids, most kids, one way or another, they like colouring, playing with toy cars, playing with dolls, um, building Lego. The, like All of us have got that, that outlet mm. that we had as a kid that as you get older is just not fashionable. Um, and obviously we're all uh, systemized to an extent we're all um, indoctrinated to work hard get a job create a career for ourselves and creativity doesn't fit into that it's not you're not you're not taught to think outside the box you're not taught to laterally think you're only taught to vertically think Mm -hmm. Um, so I think a lot of those things that you do when you're really little like I don't know, bake cookies with your mum, colour in, um, play games in the garden. All of that kind of stuff is frowned upon when you sort of get to 11, 12, 13 years old. And you kind of lose your creative juices. And you've got to have fairly uh, left-field parents to encourage you to continue that creativity. So how would um, how would someone become more creative? Say they're thinking, right, okay, I've listened to you, I've listened to your podcast. I need to take advantage of TikTok. Where's a good place to start to not not just technically get it right, but creatively to to maximize yeah. their their time. So I, for context, on the podcast I listened to this morning, Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about how he's never been. Um, He's never been a mainline thinker. He doesn't go with the majority. So when he was 11, he set up a lemonade stand and his mates saw how much money he was making. So he set them up lemonade stands as long as they paid him a franchise fee. Now, that's really creative thinking for an 11-year-old. I thought you were going to say that they mugged him and nicked all his money or something. No, but that's really creative thinking for an 11-year-old, right? Mm. And that isn't colouring in or thinking of a pretty picture or dressing as a Highland cow on a unicycle. But it certainly is not what he was getting taught at school. Like Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. So then the next thing he did was uh, he started trading sports cards. So at weekends, he would go and trade sports cards with adults. But ultimately, he had 
the faster brain. He was a child, like he he got it. So um, at fourteen years old, he said after doing that for two years, he had ten thousand dollars under his bed, and um, that's pretty creative thinking. People will say that's entrepreneurial thinking, but there's not much difference in terms of just because you can't paint a picture or um, write a poem doesn't mean you're not creative. It's that lateral thinking. So I think when you get to something like TikTok or stories or reels, you've got to know what your narrative is from the off. And I was talking to a client the other day and I was like, look, you just need five pillars, five things that you say over and over and over again. And they were like, well, won't that get repetitive? I was like, yeah, for you. But it won't for the audience because you're arrogant if you think people are watching enough. And I was like, who's your favourite person? And I think they said um, Andy Frisella. And I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friends with Jocko Wimmick. They're in the gang. Um, But I was like, okay, how how often does he repeat himself? And they're like, well, every podcast episode. What about his clips? One in three is is the same message. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking, listeners. Um, they, there's an entrepreneur who I used to follow quite a lot, and it used to really piss me off because all he talked about was three things over and over and over again. And it took me a long time to realise, oh shit, he was right. Now I think you're even more right saying five things. Um, and that, that's hard to get your head around because, like you say, you're the star in your own story, so you think, Oh, everyone's like, oh god, Andy talked about this last week. Andy, no, they won't they won't fucking remember what Andy talked about last week, what Joel talked about last week. It is finding, you know, your five key selling points, the five things you do differently, whatever it might be. And thinking of creative ways to 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 express them rather than yeah, just simply saying the same thing over and over again. But that repetition, that consistency, which also brings us back to the original point, the consistency is where most business owners fall fall down. Yeah. They just they stop. Uh, marketing isn't high enough on their priority list, so they're doing something else, and it gets left till tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes, or or the big one now, you know, recording this on December the fourteenth. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll get on it in January. It's like, oh. No, no, the shit that you were putting off in January twenty twenty two is the same shit you'll be putting off in January twenty. Somebody said to me yesterday, I'm really looking forward to January because I'm going to start journaling. <laughs> Fucking hell, start now, you twat. Oh, sorry, that's a bit, that's a bit, it was rough, a bit rough. I didn't quite put it like that. <laughs> um, sorry, mum, but. <laughs> one of your coaches says do what you said you would and um just... you'll be ahead of 90 percent of your competition fuck the 80 20 yeah, you'll just... be ahead of 90 percent of the competition if you do what you said you would yeah so if you're thinking about doing tiktok uh and particularly personal brand because i i completely appreciate it for a business there's more hoops to go through you've got more levels of approval people will want to be involved if it's a personal brand just start posting twice a day now. Do it for three months and see where you're at. And if you can't commit to that, don't do it. Why do you think this... Because we see that... I mean, we've been in business all the time. Why, why do you think we see this year in, year out? Come Almost come November time. You know, because people are putting their decorations up earlier and earlier now. But come November time, it's almost... That's it's a good okay. one. When's acceptable to put your decorations up? 24th. Uh, 1st December. I, I think first of December yeah. as well. Ours don't go up that soon, but that's why I think it's really tight. When like a, a lady worked for us, I think she was half German, and German tradition is they put their decorations up Christmas Eve. And it's do, like some do kids... yours go up today? Because it was Holly's birthday yesterday. No, first they go up on the first. Do you know why they go up on the first? No, because we we've caved in last year and bought a fake tree, 
Whereas if you have a real tree, you put it's it dead bushes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so come November time, people are already talking about Christmas, and so from mid-November, it's almost like, yeah, yeah, I'll start it in January. I'll start it in January, and every year we have the same conversation. No, we start so, now. So I think the the commercial world has a lot to answer for here because we have in this country now. You have Halloween at the end of October, which is quite big now. It's still not massive, but it's it's pretty big. Then we have Bonfire Night, which is pretty much when we all decide it's winter. Don't get me started. Well, yeah, but we still have one it. night. It's one night of fireworks when we were left. Still night. exists. Still exists. Dog owners are with me on this. <laughs> still exists. So then we have Bonfire Night on the fifth. Then everyone starts chatting about Black Friday, and then we're into the Christmas period. Which is- the day after Thanksgiving, yeah, right? yeah, Thursday in November. Yeah, so you've basically written off November and December before you get started. Now, I the amount of conversations I've had with business owners that I respect who are like, "Well, we won't get onto that till next year." Now, so you're writing off a sixth of your year based on the fact that there's a few holidays, and I mean. I'll give an example. So I'm meant to be going to a Christmas do on Friday. It's been in the diary for two months. Um, I get together with some people from one of my masterminds. And then today they've just sent a message and said, oh, a few people have dropped out, so we're going to postpone it. Can, can everyone give dates for next year? And I've just gone back and said, no. No, I can't. And they well, why not? So, well, because I blocked out this Friday, which is a valuable day in in a busy time of the year. And now you're asking me to block another day. So that's two days lost. And the other people in this group aren't as committed as me. So I now don't want to spend time with them. That's harsh, but very fair. I think I did a video the other day about about time. That, oh, actually, it was yesterday, Holly's birthday. Saying, you know, it only seemed like yesterday she was, she was being born. And now she's like a teenager. That time goes so quickly. And when people don't respect your time, when people waste your time, that's currency you can never get back. You can never win back that amount of time you blocked off for a friend, for a prospect, for a client, whatever. And and I find it really out of work quite hard now on not to get super pissed off when someone wastes my time. And mostly, don't get me wrong, I'm pissed off myself because I've allowed them to waste my time. Ultimately, the buck stops with me. Yeah. But no, you're perfectly right. You've blocked that time off. You've said no to other things. And now it's like, well, yeah, I'm not going to do that twice. Yeah. And that, that's where I'm at. And I'm almost at that place now where it's like one stroke in your eye because I don't do that to other people. So that I, I, I don't understand. So basically, something more important has come up. That's that's what it boils down to. Just like when a, when a prospect says, oh, yeah, I can't do that meeting. Now. Something else more important. Do you know, do you know what I actually up? think it is? With a lot of, right, right? Do you know what I actually think is with a lot of people? And this comes back to the TikTok thing, the Facebook thing, is when it boils down to it, they can't be asked. It's not that something more important has come up. Their priorities are all to shit. And when it boils down to it, they can't be asked. And, like, I work with a coach who knows that I have, like, a real sense of work ethic and a real sense of not letting people down. Because if I say I'm going to be there, I'll be there. And if it's a work thing, I'm gonna, it's going to happen. And so he's, like, made me make the gym part of my work routine to trick me into doing it. I don't understand these people who just like amble through life, blaming everything else. And then ultimately, the Friday where we were meant to be having a Christmas bash, 
they're sat in their pajamas watching Netflix. So, like, what? I mean, technology has obviously brought about a lot more <coughs> positives and negatives, but it's made the moving and cancelling of things way too easy. So, like, say before mobile phones, you know, the age of the dinosaurs, as Mike Evans would say, you, you rang your mates on the telephone or you saw them at school or sometimes, depending on where they lived, you send them a letter and you agreed when and where to meet up. And that was it. It was set in stone because there was no easy way to shift that. So it became right. Whereas now it's easy. Just oh, I'll just fucking, I'll just send a WhatsApp in the group, just saying, oh yeah, the dogs went well. Yeah. No, no, you can't be asked. I, I, I remember you told us about um, a member of staff who, who uh, an ex-member of staff who we still love very much. She, she doesn't like playing pool, and that's fair enough. But the reason she doesn't like playing pool, and we got pool table in our office, is it just requires too much concentration for she. She basically hasn't got 15 minutes attention, so never really watches films either. Um, and I've got to be honest, my girls, you know, we used to go to the cinema a lot, but not as often as we used to now, because sitting down and committing to something for 90 minutes, two hours, is too much for them. They can spend 90 minutes or two hours flicking through TikTok because they're seeing probably 150 different bloody videos. But, yeah, films... The length of TV series, TV series that are still really like. So I, I've got to be honest now. This is how much it's impacting. It's impact even impacting me, and I'm quite strict about these things. One of the best things I've seen on TV is a long time is Tulsa King. But you won't watch it till it's all come well, out. Well, no, I, I am watching it now because it's so good. But it's killing me. I've got to wait a week till the next bloody episode. We watched. Um, so they're released every Monday. So we watched episode five on Monday night. It was amazing. Sylvester Stallone, what a fucking genius. And now we're like, oh no, I've got to wait seven days till the next. And it's like, shit, how did we watch like seasons of 24? 24 weeks we'd have to watch rather than just binging everything in, in a couple of weeks. It's hard. So it's, it will be impacting people of all ages now, but I would say start mostly no, with the younger and it, people. And it's across society. When I like, because you and I live quite rurally, when I explain to people in masterminds and stuff that we don't have delivery where I live, they're like, well, how do you eat? Oh, well, I go to the shop and I buy some ingredients and I cook them. Like, well, doesn't that take a lot of time? Well, yeah. But but, we, yeah, we run out of milk. Someone gets in the car, drives to the garage, like three miles away, to get some milk. It's, I guess you, you just get used to it. But you know, no one's going to come and take your phone off you or probably cancel your your Netflix subscription. And so you've got all this stuff around you. And like I say, that th- there's not many inconveniences in the world that's because obviously wars going on recessions going on you know all this kind of stuff but ultimately the fact is we here in the uk have never had it so good you can't really moan say about poverty poverty now is different to poverty as it used to be so if you're talking about poverty and you've got your central heating on and you've got sky sports and a decent iphone that's not really poverty. It might be by your standards, but in terms of how hard have you got it compared to 50 years? Yeah, and, and obviously, to be clear, we don't mean people that are actually borderline homeless or homeless. No, yeah, there, there is poverty out there, but it ain't sitting there on your iPhone moaning about... Yeah, oh, that's, pro- to, that's I've, priorities. I've, I've had property. to downgrade my Netflix, and now I've got to put up with ads. Well, fucking hell, that's... Oh, I'm so Although... Those Syrian refugees don't know they're born. To play devil's advocate on that, like we were saying you disagree? No, I don't think I do disagree. But 
I do think we live in a society where um, people who can't afford it are still encouraged to buy things. Um, and the the way the finance companies work, the way um, the payment plans work, things like Klarna, all these things, actually encourage people to lay to themselves with debt. So they might not be asset poor in terms of the toys they've got to play with, the iPhones, the Sky TV, but they're absolutely fucked. And, it's just, and that's awful. I think the hardest thing that we come across in business, and, and to be honest, maybe in life, is that unwillingness or not knowing that the buck stops with you. Yeah. Take it. So, so absolutely, things like Klarna and stuff have, have made it easy. And Well, but, it was like payday loans, wasn't it, before? Yeah, that God, was a... you know. But you've got to take responsibility. When something big flashes up on the screen saying 49% APR, you've got to acknowledge that with your, your quick-fire loan, it's going to get come, your calculator out on yeah, your iPhone. It's going to get, it's someone's going to want their pound of that's, flesh. That's the, and I think that's across society, isn't it? That's not just um, people on the breadline. That willing to take ownership seems to be something we've lost. There's a blame culture. Um, well, that comes from the top, doesn't it? You see it in politics, you see it in the media. It's always someone else's fault. And labels now, that's, that's another way to shift responsibility. Yeah, labels. So if it's immigrants, terrorists, woke people, snowflakes, gammons, it happens on both sides of the argument all the time. And yet, what about just take a look in the mirror? Like, what are you doing to make the world a better place? What are you doing to provide for your family? What are you doing to get yourself out of the hole that you're in? By the time you're fourth divorce, it ain't them that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, bloody Nora. Oh, we are. Uh... So, um, I think what we're saying is it doesn't matter that the platforms have changed and that attention spans have shortened. Ultimately, the fundamentals of marketing, the fundamentals of business, the fundamentals of life will always remain the same. And unless you're willing to commit to things, don't bother trying. Yeah. Do keep on top of how things are changing, especially in social media land. But remember those basic tenets of market message media. And, and you just got the extra pressure of getting your point across quickly, um, grabbing people quickly, and then retaining their interest. And that could even be in an email, a sales letter. You know, people say, oh, that, does that mean your sales letter should be really short? No, no, no. If your sales letter is well written with hooks throughout, and it's, well, for a start, landing on the right doorstep, your sales letter could be as long as you want. Yeah. But if it's a boring long sales letter, forget it. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. If you can hook people in. You'll keep their attention ultimately. I mean, it's why we've seen films, um, you know, three hour films come out quite regularly now. A lot of the Marvel films are bloody long. Avatar, I think it's three hours 12. Yeah, very mixed reviews. Telegraph is at one star, but <laughs> yeah. then everyone else um, I've seen is just saying it's the best thing ever. But then I was never found the first one. Yeah, I think it's just going to be like going to watch a painting. Um, how, how long was Titanic? Two and a half. Two and a half. I don't know. Oh, I did what the Eternals. That was that was long. And, you, and shit. Well, that's what I thought. But the kids loved it, and I was like, "Hang on." And it's not for you, is it? That's the. Is yeah. it for them? I thought well, it was complicated the old jumping around the timelines, and but they, I don't know. Disney must know what they're doing because yeah, my mighty girls loved it. Yeah, I think it's just you reach a point where it's not for you anymore. Sad, isn't it? 
It's, it's like now, like, you know, talk about cinema earlier on. Another reason why some people might not get to cinema as often as they used to. It's like, well, in four weeks' time, I can watch it on my widescreen TV at home for a fraction of the price. I love that you say widescreen TV. Some I've, people do stuff small TVs. I've been chuckling about that because they're all widescreen now because they're 16 by 9. Well, only because you're like, you know, white privilege. <laughs> there, there are some houses out there, Joel, that have like sort of box TVs. No way. No one's yeah. got a square telly anymore. Yeah. You don't, oh, they don't even you come from a different side of the tracks to me, Joel. They don't even broadcast in square anymore. God, I, I remember when my grandma got a colour telly. We still had a black and white telly when I was a kid, but we had a colour telly as well. I had a black and white telly until um, so I got tuned in. Did, you have, did it have a dial on it as to tune dial. it in? So you know what frequency the, the four stations at that time, four stations are on. What year did you get Channel 4? Uh, it came out in 82, didn't it? And probably, probably 83, 84. Oh, you got it quite quickly. In, in Telford, but on the black and white, when I went, you know, that, that was... I'd say it was a shit TV, but it was so basic it lasted fucking ten years. Um, which yeah. a lot of tellies probably wouldn't do now. Was it cream coloured? It was. Why were tellies? White. Why were they white and cream coloured? Weird, right? Yeah, I don't know. I bought it in boots with my birthday money. Of course you did. Boots sold tellies. Why not? Fifty quid next to the makeup. I believe lasted me till university. I do not fifty really quid. Really hard. Was a lot of money back then. Um, but yeah, so so uh, another reason why you know attention spans. Can I sit watching a film for two hours or can I be asked to go to the cinema, pay for parking? Other people, Joel, ugh. Um, no, I'll just wait four weeks and, and watch it home. That convenience. There's a COVID impact there too, right? That whole, like, it's it's acceptable now to not, like, being around other people. Well, if you've got someone, say, behind you in the cinema and all the way through there, <coughs> it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I, just, I don't even like hearing people crunch popcorn to be honest so that's a big problem at the cinema yeah well not yeah i mean but i love the cinema i certainly used to be more solvent other people maybe it's just getting older i, I don't know you, you i don't know I, I think you're more tolerant now i walked in sainsbury's this morning guy walked in in front of me on his phone just basically shouting on his phone and he was going to the same aisle as me so i was basically following and even that irritated so maybe it's not just attention spans are getting so it's that how much you can tolerate certain things, yeah, yeah. certain things that annoy you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's some interesting times for sure. But again, those principles of marketing, I believe, will never change. It's just being a bit smarter and keeping on track of how the technology is changing. But also, I, I do think, be wary of, jumping on too many bandwagons especially when it comes to the uh when it starts affecting those tenants of marketing it's all very well doing fast jump cuts that's great if ultimately your message is shit then i'd probably say yeah yeah so that's a that's perfect so like i'm literally getting served ads now create tiktoks the hormozy way alex hormozy for those that don't know is uh, really successful marketer comes from a fitness background, runs gyms, multimillionaire, and and kind of the king of the jump cut, king of the brightly coloured subtitles that are in funny fonts. But he did it first, so if you all start doing it, guess what? It'll be less effective. It, it's 
Like that's I don't I don't really buy into that whole like oh this works really well so we should all do it because that's what makes it stop working. Maybe that's the reason why I'm YouTubing more now. Um, watching quite a lot of sort of information stuff on YouTube. There's a guy called a fitness guy called Mike Thurston. He's basically by now. Um, and he's got about one and a half million followers. And and so I'll assume he's got a TikTok um, following. But his YouTube videos, you know, half an hour long. There are cuts in there because he's got his own video guy who follows him around. But it's just an interesting, well-spoken guy who knows a lot about his industry. And it's just 30 minutes of him talking about something. So there's nothing really fancy going on. Obviously, there is editing going on. Yeah. But very different format to the, the TikToks you'll see that will be. Probably. Yeah, and I, I'm the same. I prefer to listen to their long form version of the same content, but as a podcast, because then I can do it whilst I'm doing something else. And those short bites don't give me the meat on the bones that I need. I know lots of people get a buzz off it and then they'll like run away and try and implement, but I'm not sure there's enough detail. So, do you think that? The curve will change on this, that attention spans get so short, it will start going back to the more detailed, the longer um, kind of content out there. I mean, because obviously things can't get much bloody shorter, can they? What, we're going to end up a world where everything is like done in under 10 seconds? I think it's, it's people have got to get used to the mix. And a bit like when um, like my parents used to complain about movie trailers, they'd be like, well, there's nobody going to watch a film now. Where for me, it was like, yeah, for me, it was like the tease. But for them, they were like, well, I can tell what's going to happen because at the end, he was wearing a medal in that trailer. So, and it's like, right, okay, well, let's not bother them. And like now, you get a trailer for a trailer, don't you? So before the trailer starts, they show you a clip of what's coming later in the trailer. So I think everything's adjusting mm. to that, but the long-form content will always still exist. Like there's people who read uh, condensed versions of books. Mm -hmm. I do that sometimes, and if it's good, guess what I do? I go and buy the book. So it's like... like... A lot of people now, there's a trend for listening to podcasts and audio books on one and a half speed. Yeah, I do that with voice notes. I haven't got time to listen to people talk in their normal speed. Yeah, I, I struggle with that. I, yeah, I do struggle with that. That's why some people... Like, again, this Mike Thurston guy, he's pretty quietly spoken. He's, I would say, not what you might expect a fitness trainer to, to sound like. Yeah. Um and he speaks quite slowly. But he's he's got quite a quite a, a charisma, I guess, um on camera. And I find his content fascinating. Obviously lots of other people do as well, otherwise he got like well now a million and a half followers. But I'd never heard of him before. But now I have, I imagine I'll start seeing him everywhere. Yeah. Well it's like Robin Sharma, isn't it? He's just yeah. calmly spoken. You won't see him doing jump cut TikTok videos. Yeah, not many not many people like um I haven't seen much of Jay Shetty. Yeah, Robin Sharma, absolutely. He's he's very he thinks very carefully before he says stuff. So I, I guess to wrap up, remember that if you're the business owner and just because you like long form content and you like to absorb things, there's a reason you're a business owner. And that doesn't mean that that's how the consumer behaves. And a lot of consumers do want the quick fix, the quick hit. Mm -hmm. So if you're speaking directly to consumer sometimes that's the answer to give them the quick fix um if you're speaking to other business owners you need to consider your format a bit more okay.